What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. We are inching ever closer to football season starting. We have preseason action this weekend. Matt and I are one week away from our fantasy draft that I'm sure that we'll recap on the podcast. It just, we're getting there, man, day by day, week by week. Uh, And to help you get through the last month here, we have the AFC North preview for you today, talking about a very tough division and a podcast favorite, uh, Joey B, Joe Burrow, one of our favorite guys to talk about. So uh, we're looking forward to this one. And then we'll be back on Wednesday with the NFC East preview, and then next Saturday with the AFC East preview. Two episodes of Fouled Out every week leading up to September 4th, which is the first week of the NFL season where we are dropping the picks pod and the final week one preview pod. So uh, lots to look forward to, lots of football podcasts coming your way to help you get through these last couple of weeks before we kick off. Uh, but for now, Matt's coming on to talk AFC North. Let's go. We are back, ready to break down the AFC North. If you guys missed the NFC North preview that came out on Wednesday, go back and check that one out. Uh, Mostly just Matt and I gushing about the Detroit Lions for about a half an hour, Uh, but a fun episode. I mean, I sure hope they do make me gush this year. I'm sure they will, no matter what they end up at. But uh, we're breaking down the AFC North today. A division that I think is like sneakily one of the best in football. I think people like look at the AFC East and they're like, oh man, AFC East is going to be so brutal this year. Uh, And I don't disagree with that, but I think this division overall might be better. I I get why the AFC East gets a lot of love and it certainly deserves it, but I can't think of another division that has for so long, so steadily just been all four teams knocking the absolute shit out of each other. And it's like, you don't see like one of these teams going 0-6 or 6-0. It, that, it never happens. Ever. Like, they all play each other so well. Like, generally, because all of them, maybe one of them notwithstanding, are usually always very good. Yeah, it's a a tough division. It's one of those where just, like, every game is, like, a rivalry game in this Mm -hmm. division. Uh, So it's always fun to watch as an outsider as well. But... Uh, let's jump into the biggest storylines. I think you went first last time. I'll go first this time. Yeah. My storyline is all eyes on Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. this season. So uh, dating back to last season, there was a ton of drama surrounding Lamar Jackson and his contract situation. We were making jokes all season about how we could end up going to the Lions. He ends up getting his extension done with the Ravens. Uh, five years, $260 million. And to me, it's like, it's a lot of money to spend on a quarterback who 
has missed 10 games over the last two seasons uh, and has a one in three playoff record. You know, the thinking back to last season, he didn't even travel with the team to their playoff game against Cincinnati because this drama was so pronounced and it was questionable what the Ravens were going to do with him. And then they go into the off season, they extend him. And not only that, they spend a bunch of money in draft capital to try to retool the offense around him. Yeah. And they bring in a new offensive coordinator. So now it's like all the drama's gone. We've made it past that. You've gotten everything you wanted. You wanted OBJ. Here's OBJ. You wanted another wide receiver. We drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. You want a better passing game coordinator? We got you that. Lamar Jackson has no excuse to not have an MVP caliber season. Yeah, it's put up or shut up time, right? You have to have a more fluid season than Roy has the last couple of years. And I mean, I have been one of his biggest defenders. I mean, Greg Roman's passing game was like kindergarten level. If we are gonna make this big stink, right, about I need this, I need that. Okay, well, like also pay me this insane contract. You gotta you gotta produce after that. And I'm not gonna say like winning playoff games is entirely on him, but like we better at least see like that Josh Allen loss performance, right? Like you had better go down firing. I could just see this being a situation that gets really ugly really quickly for him Mm -hmm. if things don't go well. Like after all the drama he caused last season, yeah, you know, the fans are all happy. They're like, oh man, we locked him in long-term and, you know, we got a bunch of weapons for him and a new passing game coordinator and all this stuff. But if he doesn't deliver, I could see the fans turning on him very quickly. Or if they like, if they are good this season and they get knocked out early in the playoffs again, I, he's going to start getting that James Harden reputation where it's like, okay, cool. Great statistical regular season quarterback, but Mm -hmm. you know, can't deliver when it matters, whether it's fair or not to say that the playoff losses are on him, but his record is what it is. And, you know, as a quarterback, you're going to get judged by that. For me, the whole I'm not going to travel with the team for the playoff game. That that was the thing where I'm like, okay, you've gone too far. Because at this point, it's not. You're not just dealing with ownership and, you know, the front office, all that, right? You have now made it your team's problem your teammates the guys that are supposed to be your brothers the guys that rely on you it's now their problem that you're not getting paid yeah but the this team too and like i i agree with you is that like when you whine your way into getting what you want and you pout and you sit out and you do all this stuff yeah. That like, okay, that's what I'm saying is like, it's fine. Okay. You got everything you want, but mm-hmm. this team has an insane amount of roster talent uh, on both sides of the ball. Honestly, 
And like, mm -hmm. if, if you don't deliver now, then you deserve everything that's coming to you. So, uh, yeah. What is, what's your biggest storyline for the AFC North? Uh, I mean, you want to talk about drama, uh, drama. <laughs> well, there was a whole lot of drama leading up to last year for Deshaun Watson. And he sat out 11 games and then he played like a bottom five quarterback the entire time he was on the field. You can make excuses, call him rusty. He was bad. With all the stuff that went on surrounding that, with all the picks that Cleveland gave away, with the fully guaranteed contract that he got, oh, buddy, you had better come out and perform because if not, especially with the stuff that created all the drama around you, people are going to come for you. <laughs> it truly would be like the best timeline and like the best uh, from a karmic sense. Yeah, it's actually what I'm rooting for. <laughs> For Cleveland to just like give up all that and pay him all that money just for him to suck ass now. <laughs> and then for like, yeah, for Cleveland to have taken him in and like defended him yeah. and done all this stuff and like, oh, God, I just I hope he sucks. Right. I'm rooting for him to suck. Well, and ironically, like now the, that I think about it more. He's a terrible fit for them because their entire offense is built around we're going to run downhill with Nick Chubb, but he wants to be in shotgun all the time. Those two things conflict pretty hard. I feel like that's probably the same realization that Cleveland's front office has either had or is going to have. <laughs> They're yeah. just like, oh shit. Like even when he's good, he's a <laughs> not a good Kevin Stefanski guy. So <laughs> I just, I feel like from a karmic standpoint that Cleveland's not allowed to be a 500 team i don't care i don't care how good their roster is supposed to be the well you won this game by 40 points but you lose because that would put you over 500 <laughs> so yeah i i think that's a, another big thing to watch out for is just like it's almost the same thing we were just saying with lamar jackson except yeah this you know obviously the off-field situation is very very different but like when you get the big money and they have this huge investment in you when you don't deliver, uh, man, and he was bad with a capital B last season. He was fucking bad. Yeah. So let's go on to the wind ranges. Uh, and we'll do this the same way that you kicked us off on the last one. Yeah. Where I'm going to go in alphabetical order, even though that's not how I wrote them down. <laughs> so if I, if I screw it up, then that's on me. Uh, so we're going to start with Baltimore because... I'm doing the ABCs in my head of like, A, B, okay. Obviously, I had to go very far down the list to find that one. Uh, Baltimore, Vegas has their over under at 10 and a half last se uh, this season. I split the difference and I said between 8 and 12 wins. Okay. So much of it just depends on Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about in the last pod about how we're not like accounting for like I didn't do the Bengals win range mm -hmm. accounting for Joe Burrow like tearing his ACL and missing the whole season. Yeah. Uh, but something I think we do have to take into account is that Lamar Jackson's missed five games each of the last two seasons due to injury. Yeah. The offense will be different this season. So we'll see how much he's really running the ball and if he's 
uh, taking some of those hits that get him hurt. But I'm assuming like, you know, if I'm getting 17 games out of Lamar this season, I think I'm going to be closer to the 12 side. Yeah. If I'm getting 10 games out of Lamar, I think I'm going to be closer to the eight. So that's, I kind of split the difference and put the range at eight to 12. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have them between nine and 12. Yeah. So we're right. There. I mean, God, weren't they like seven and three or something like that before he got hurt? Yeah. So I just, if he's healthy, I just don't see a way that they're below 500. I just don't. There's too much talent on that roster. Uh, That defense is still absolutely wicked. He doesn't need to be a superstar in order for them to have a winning record. He doesn't need to be a superstar for them to win 11 games. Still, like, brutal division. And winning more than 12 games is really hard in the NFL. So I think 12 as a cap seems relatively fair. I look at three of the teams in this division and all of them are like, yeah, if I'm a team from another division, I just don't want to play them in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I I would not want this division to be my divisions crossover opponents this year. I'm like, God damn it. I have to play all of these guys the hell the only other thing i wanted to say about baltimore is like they bring in odell beckham jr for yeah 19 million or whatever his contract is uh 15 million this season Mm -hmm. and they draft zay flowers and people are like oh man they really brought in the weapons for lamar but there's still a part of me that's like did they you know it's better than it was but I don't know Odell Beckham Jr. now coming off of like a second major knee injury. How many games does he play? Uh, Apparently he's going to be ready to go though. So, I mean, yeah, but until when? I know. So like, you know, it's Odell Beckham. It's yeah. uh, Mark Andrews, who I love. And, you know, he's been there. Oh yeah. He's great. Uh, Zay Flowers is a rookie wide receiver. And like, I like Zay, but. You know, we we got to see it, and then right, Rashad yeah. Bateman is another dude I have stock in, and he's shown but some good stuff. He, but like, he's never never on the field. Yeah, it's it's just not like they brought in like Cincinnati's weapons for him. You know, yeah. it's it's not they don't well, have the best weapons in the division. Counting on Odo to be on the field all year, and for why am I blanking on his name now? The the other receiver. Rashad. We yeah. Counting on those two guys to be on the field all year is just as logical as Packers fans expecting Luke Musgrave to finally play football for more than like four games. Like, I don't understand people being excited about that player at all either because he's never, I don't think he played more than six games in a year at college, in college at all. Yeah, uh, but the expectations for both are real. Yeah, it's just it's wild to me, like what some people are expecting. But I'm really big on Zay. I think that he 
can do a lot for them, even if just like one of those guys is on the field. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We will see, but the talent on that roster still, like even without those two guys, I, I think they can be above 500. The defense is like lit. So nasty. That, that was for Marshall. Good. Yeah. Marshall's <laughs> going to listen to that and be like, Oh God, they're so old. Nobody says lit anymore. Uh, team two is Cincinnati. You're that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Vegas also has their over under at 10 and a half. So they have the same over under as the Ravens. Uh, I put their cap the same, uh, but I think their floor is a little bit higher than the Ravens. Okay. I have, I have Cincinnati between 10 and 12 wins. Yeah. Um, I have them between 10 and 13 because you don't bet against Joe Burrow. Yeah. That's pretty much my <laughs> argument as well as just like the, the thing that worries yeah. me about the Bengals though. Yeah. Is the secondary. Um, yeah. Now that Jesse Bates is gone for sure. They PFF has them as like a bottom 10 secondary going into the season. Yeah. We'll see if it's quite that bad, but like I could see them having a tough time. Well, and pasty. That's, that's why I have them down at 10 is because they lost, lost both of those safeties that made the secondary work. Um, not saying they're like corners or shit, but like they're not guys that I'm like pounding the table for. And that defense was built around three players, really. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and DJ Reader. They only got one left. DJ Reader's still incredible, but I mean, pass defense could be a little bit more shoddy. Uh, who knows? Maybe they got it patched up, but um, yeah, the- I could see it being a problem. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Is that like I could see it being a problem. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that like yeah. this this is what really good, and we'll see if the Bengals are a really good franchise. Yes, yeah. like it's still it's still up in the air. Uh, but this is what good franchises do is that like you can let guys like Von Bell go because you've yeah. already drafted guys like Dax Hill in the past yeah. and you've developed him a little and now he's ready to start. So like Dax Hill is going to start in uh this year. Chidobi Awuzie is going to be back, uh, who was like low key one of the best corners in the league last season before he got hurt. So that was a big loss for them last year. The sample size for him yeah. is small. I want to see more before I'm really believing that he's that level guy. My point though is that like the upside is there, but yeah. so is the downside. Um, the yeah. one thing that like really encourages me is that they continue to make improvements along the offensive line. Um, I think the O-line should be better this season. It's like, God, if I was looking at Joe Burrow's stats the other day, and if Joe Burrow could just not get sacked 45 to 50 times, like, what could he do? I will say it is better, but I still look at that offensive line. I'm like, man, they are one injury away, injury away from it being a disaster. Yes, because Akima Denji was like the worst tackle in the league. Uh, a couple of years ago and he's but he's a backup now because they brought in Orlando Brown so I I like that yeah um, yeah that that was that was a huge get it's just we 
we really want more depth. <laughs> it's just like keep our boy upright. Yeah, man, because the weapons like Chase Higgins, Boyd, uh, they bring in Irv Smith Jr., who like was an upside tight end, but like yeah, I mean he'll be better than for six games. Yeah, better than Hayden Hurst. So, um, but we'll see. For so that's six why games. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I had the downside of ten, but we both like their upside. Team three is Cleveland. Cleveland's over under is nine and a half. The guys, oh, I feel like the, the over unders this year, like we went through the NFC North and they're all like between seven and nine and a half. Yeah. This division is all between eight and ten and a half. They can't all win that many games. <laughs> it's just, I know Vegas doesn't care about that, but uh so yeah, Cleveland over under nine and a half. Uh I said between six and nine wins. Okay. Or the Browns. I know I'm supposed to like really like their roster talent. Uh, because they bring in like Zedaria Smith and they have like Zedaria Smith and Miles Garrett as the edge rushers yeah. now. And they you know, we can go on. Yeah. I haven't seen Deshaun Watson be good at football since 2020. And like yeah. you could argue even before that, because in 2020, the Houston Texans were four and twelve with him as their starting quarterback. Uh yeah. even though he led the league in passing. And I just I just don't believe in him, to be honest. And part of that is probably because I don't want to. I agree with you. Like I don't believe in him anymore. And yeah, maybe that's part of it is I don't want to, but it's wild to me how much that has changed from where he started with us. I mean, the kid he was in college, the way he took the league by storm, like, but yes. maybe we we should have taken that, what was it, 24 nothing lead in the playoffs on the Chiefs as a red flag? I feel like I say this every single year, but just looking at, like, the trajectory of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans since they were up, you know, 24 nothing or whatever it was in Kansas City, like, four oh. years ago and how bad it's been and where it is now is like, that was the last thing I expected while watching that game. You know, it's like, yeah, nobody saw that coming. And uh, I, I'm just going to yeah. throw out there that like, yes, we were both very high on Deshaun Watson coming out of the draft. Uh, yeah. And for the first couple of years, but I, I think the tone change on him on this podcast has, has been very justified over the last couple. Oh seasons. yeah. No, he gave us uh I forgot what the number is, but it's a number over 30 of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not like it's just a guy that we soured on. There's very yeah. good reason for that. But like, I mean, just from a football perspective, though, I you said it earlier. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you can say like, yeah, well, he hadn't played in two seasons. He came back. He was rusty. He'll be better. He doesn't just have to be better to be good He's, in this division. That'd be great. He has to go back to being excellent. Yeah. And I, I don't think he can. So yeah. I, I actually would think they're going to be closer to the six. I originally started lower and then I looked at last yeah. year and I was like, God, this team won seven games last year. Yeah. <laughs> Even with how bad quarterback I mean, was. I think he needs to make a case for being the best quarterback in the division. I think that the seat is that hot or should be. I mean, his 
contracts fully guaranteed, so it's probably not hot at all. But wow, I mean, they they I don't mean, have an option. Yeah, you know? so they're just stuck with him forever right. at this point. Yeah, God, I, it's like they're in a worse. They're more trapped than the Broncos are. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos still can't get rid of Russell Wilson until like 2026. I was just, just having yeah, this conversation but it's, the other day. It's not fully guaranteed though, so it's slightly better. It's slightly better, but the dead cap hit is still like yeah, it's oh, bad until 26 at least. But yeah, I mean, I just like you yeah. said, like for Watson to get back in people's good graces, it's going to take multiple years of high level play in yeah. Cleveland. And even then, I will never, you know, no. this podcast will never forget. No. So what's your range for Cleveland? My range for Cleveland is six to ten. Uh, I just think that there is actually enough talent on the roster that if Deshaun Watson plays quality football, that they probably are above 500 and not just barely. So, but it's again, a tough enough division where they're going to get the shit beat out of them. So more than 10 wins seems like a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. So you were six to 10. I was six to nine. So we're yeah in the same area. Uh, the final team is Pittsburgh. The over under is 8.5. My win range for Pittsburgh is nine. That's it. Okay. I uh, I don't think that they're a double digit win team. I actually would like to pick them to go under five hundred. Uh, oh, I know you would like to always pick that. But... I would I would love that. But Mike Tomlin has been five hundred or better for fifteen straight seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't see them winning ten, but I just feel like Mike Tomlin's never gonna. Yeah. You know, not be five hundred or better. So I I just said it's nine. That's the number. This. This is a team where I probably should have factored in the possibility of injury for a particular player. But I really want to see him on the field because he's that good that like I want to just see him play all the time uh, with TJ Watt. (laughs) But I have the range from 9 to 12. That defense could easily be the best defense in the division. And that is with some really good defenses in this division. Like Kenny Pickett played really well down the stretch. If George Pickens develops into a true number one this year, I mean, I think that changes their offense entirely. And I think there's a real possibility of that because I think he's just that fucking good. I like the uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are calling themselves gin and juice. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I like that nickname. Yeah, <laughs> I actually do. Gin and juice is a pretty sweet nickname. Yeah. But yeah, they also added Allen Robinson who I could see yep. having a uh, bounce back there. They have Calvin Austin who I like uh, in that receiving core as well. So lots yeah, of, they've got a good quartet. My fear with them is the offensive line still. Yeah, but it it's better. They've they've addressed it. But again, just like we were saying with Cincinnati, you're one injury away from it being a shit show. So I also forgot how many guys you liked in the draft that got drafted by Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. Well, they're also guys that are just fucking awesome at football. Uh-huh. So, so uh, what do you say? Nine to twelve. Nine to twelve. Yep. Oof. I'm I'm sticking with nine. That's just that's what they're going to win. I would go out and bet exactly nine wins for the Steelers right now. Uh, so my bold prediction for the AFC North is that Joe Burrow is going to throw for five thousand yards this season. I expect that. Like, I was debating about whether this was bold enough to make the yeah. cut, but I looked up. We I alluded to this in our pre-show meeting. Yeah, I, lo- I looked up the list of quarterbacks who have thrown for five thousand yards in a season. Uh, there's only nine guys who have ever done it. Yeah, and the list is like literally the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, it's Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Uh, your boy Matt Stafford's up there. Yep. Patrick Mahomes has done it a couple times. It's you know, mostly Drew Brees. <laughs> it's Drew Brees five times. <laughs> just insane. <laughs> Justin Herbert is on there, just barely, which is kind of funny. But it, it's funny because you look at this list and it's like, God, these are just some of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh, I love it. And Jameis Winston, like Justin Herbert, threw for five thousand and was that his thirty thirty year? Yes, it was the thirty thirty oh, yeah. five thousand year. The honestly, the Jameis Winston five thousand yard, thirty touchdown, thirty interception season is one of the wildest feats to have ever been achieved in the NFL. And oh, I will say it is the wildest feat. We will <laughs> never see it again. I will yeah. tell you that that's the most unbreakable record in the NFL. But it's funny because like Justin Herbert made the list. He threw for 5,014 yards. So he like just barely got over the hump. Jameis Winston threw for 5,100. Like he was well over the 5,000 yard mark. So it's kind of hilarious that uh, it's like all of the greatest guys ever. And Jameis is just kind of like, hey. <laughs> It's like that meme where all the business guys are sitting around the table and Big Bird is there. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on? But yes, so, I belong here. I say Joey B joins the list this season, um, partially because he's awesome and the offense is going to be awesome and yeah. they improve that O-line. But I think there's going to be more games this season with their defensive secondary concerns that yeah. are going to be like shootouts for them. And he's going to really have to throw for a lot. Yeah, and I just it just feels like a matter of when, not if with him. I keep picking you know? it every season. My my like, one last season was he was gonna break the passing yards record. <laughs> so I just I dieted yeah. it down a little bit, but the real threat to that, I think, is do they start slow for like the first couple games? Because you know, he missed some time with the calf injury. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's a big jump for him, too, because his last two years, he threw for 4,600 and f- almost 4,500. So, like, it, it's a pretty significant bump to get up to 5,000 yards. So, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I think it's a okay. Good, yeah, it's a good yeah. Bowl, but... I, I'll, I'll give you that it's, it's bold enough since you're talking about, like, a 500-yard jump. But it's... But it's we've possible. made Boulder. We've made Boulder. <laughs> I I will make Boulder. Yeah, in the next um, couple episodes too. 
my bold be bold for this division is that Jin and Juice will each have a thousand yards receiving. Would be a sizable jump for George Pickens and more of a return to form for Deontay Johnson. With the development of Kenny Pickett of another year being more comfortable as an NFL passer and the way that those two guys can kind of play off each other. Yeah, I I think I think they can have a pretty explosive passing game. I like it. I think it's bold enough. The uh I think the biggest threat to that is actually like Kenny Pickett. Like does he develop enough to do that cuz he yeah. he had some flashes last season, but he had some really really bad moments as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's where, quarterback, so right, and that's where I'm I'm leaning more towards. All right, well, we here's what we saw at the end of the year. Can he support two one thousand yard receivers with his little tiny hands? All right, <laughs> division winners. I just I don't pick against Joe Burrow. I just don't do it. I'm going Cincinnati. I'm not going to lie. I'm still like not fully decided here. (laughs) (laughs) I've picked three different teams throughout the week. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go with Cincinnati too. I just, there's a reason why I have the highest floor for them and the highest ceiling. I just, Joe Burrow makes certain flaws just not matter. I was going to say, can I tell you what the reason that you have the highest ceiling and the highest floor for them is? Fucking Joe Burrow. Joey. I don't know that. I don't know him. I'm so happy that we're back to being able to say Joey on the podcast. I fucking hate you. (laughs) That's as good of a place as any to leave it. As always, you can find out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you can't miss it. Probably numerous videos of me going Joey this season. Uh, so if you want to see me do it, <laughs> go over to our TikTok. Uh, that would be lit. We will be back <laughs> next Wednesday. Marshall will not be listening because Matt's used Gen Z slang multiple times in this podcast. <laughs> With the NFC East preview, uh another interesting division. I had a long conversation with a Washington fan the other day uh about how Washington's going to be more competitive this season. Um it was interesting. They might have to change their name again. So yeah, you got a good one that. for him. I, we have the best one. And the yeah. fact that they haven't called me to buy the rights yet is offensive. But we'll the be audacity. Back. Harry yeah. Potter and the audacity of these bitches. God, for real. The We'll be back on Wednesday with the NFC East preview. And the next Saturday, everybody tune in to hear me cry about the upcoming Patriot season as we do our AFC East preview with uh, what might be the best division in football. We will find out. So, uh, Allegedly. But all right, my friend, I will see you soon. Yep. All Sorry. right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye mom. Bye.